Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's happening? Mike Schmidt, 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast. All right, we made it work this time. Here's the deal. Uh, this is my fourth attempt at starting this show, and and not and not for long. You know, you sometimes I told you, I've actually scrapped 30 minutes of discussion, uh, and discussion seems strong, because it's just me talking into a fucking microphone. Who am I discussing anything with? The haunted ghosts that live in my head? Uh, which, by the way, also my favorite Nancy Drew mystery. Uh, <laughs> the haunted ghosts that live in my head. Buy that book. Read it out loud to your kids. And then they're going to go, who the fuck was Nancy Drew? And you're going to listen to me. It's very important because Hollywood doesn't understand that lesson. Your kids do. Okay, boomer. Uh, that's right. I use that. I, I bring the parlance of today's millennials to you and I advance it to you on a goddamn platter. Uh, the ghosts who live inside of your head. Uh, Hollywood. Do they understand anything at all? Let me ask you this. And I, and I understand you're like, Mike, you're one of the Hollywood elite. And certainly that can't be argued. But at the same time, Hollywood, uh, they do this thing where they uh, they bring back. Uh, uh, look, they listen to people my age, which is fucking stupid. Don't listen to any more 50 year olds or 60 or 70 or 80, whatever the fuck. We're almost dead. All of us are almost dead. Anybody over 50 is almost dead. So I shouldn't get a vote in what popular culture is these days. I should just take what I'm given and shut the fuck up or bask in what I used to love in the past. That's what I need to do. I need to sit around and watch Kojak and the six million dollar man because that was good enough for me when I was a kid god damn it but now you think kids today want to see Charlie's Angels no they don't I've talked about it on a previous fucking show they always do that dumb thing where they go hey you know what man we, we've got this property called Charlie's Angels around what if we did that but we did a woke version of it and everybody's like oh that's exactly what we want Charlie's Angels without nipples thank you for showing that to us that makes sense to all of us no it doesn't it doesn't make any fucking sense to anybody but Hollywood doesn't care they go ahead and they just trot these projects out and then they fucking step on their own dicks and then they wonder what the fuck is going on with people and then they throw it on Netflix and they try to make their money back it's it's this never ending circuitous fucking goddamn hamster wheel of of pop culture nonsense that goes nowhere and then they have the Oscars this past weekend and they reward something brilliant like Parasite which deserves every fucking accolade it got because it's a genius movie and what happens People are pissed off because it, it it's not in English. Are you are you as tired of me as view of viewing everything through the prism of politics and whatever the fuck else argument is going on in this goddamn country? I don't give a shit, man. That's a great movie. The end. There are people like ah man, I don't want to read a movie. And I will say this to you: 
I understand you. That's totally fine. Because I'm that guy sometimes where I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to fucking do all this. Oh, fuck. Who the fuck wants to do this? I, I'm... I'm ground zero. I'm patient fucking zero. I'm the number one guy in the world who goes, fuck that. I don't want to do this. That's me. That's my whole fucking, that's my raison d'etre. That's, that's, or I, I, God, I hope it's pronounced raison d'etre. What if I just fucking chili did that on this, my own show, raison d'etre? Because it's, it's spelled D-E-T-R-E, but it's raison d'etre. It's not fucking detra. There's no way. I already fucked up the Neil Peart thing a couple weeks ago. I swear to God, when I was a kid, I heard it was Peart, right? And then I just thought it was Pert. I've gone on and I'm like, fuck it. Neil Peart. I'm committing to Neil Peart. And uh, just recently this week, I've heard like three different people say Peart, real people like fucking uh, not Eddie Trunk, but fuckheads on, on the radio. Why are they? Why are they fuckheads on the radio? They're nice people. They have jobs. They're just, they're just jobs that I can do, possibly. So why am I angry at them? I'm not angry at them. They are not angry at them. I'm certainly not angry at them. But they go ahead and they do their own thing. And that's fine. You want to you want to fucking say Peart, I suppose. But I don't know. Again, I didn't know the fucking guy. But I, I have to go back, I guess, and, and watch a, uh, a rush documentary to see what they did. I don't know. Anyway, the point is they're doing a Nancy Drew show, aren't they? Or did they do it already and it got canceled? Because that, that could be totally true, too, where uh, that's how far behind I am in pop pop culture, because there will be a, bo- a billboard for something. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Everybody goes, oh, that was a show that was on for like a minute, uh, uh, nine months ago. And now it's gone, but they haven't replaced the billboard. Uh, I, I still see, I swear to God, North Hollywood High School is not far from my house. All right. So I'm driving every day. I drive past it every fucking day because it's on my route home from the gym or or wherever the fuck. And there's a bus stop. You know how they have bus stop posters? Dudes, there's a bus stop poster at, out front of North Hollywood High School, and it still has a picture of Scrooge on it. Because, again, I as I said, as if there aren't enough versions of Christmas Carol floating around out there, as, as if there's not enough versions of Bob Cratchit and his fucking limping kid and a goddamn turkey and everybody else who's fucking pissed off and Scrooge, whatever the fuck. I, he's on the poster. and I And then, so then it made me go... Well, do I want to see that? Because I thought maybe I wanted to see it. You know what I mean? Because I'm once, and not now, certainly not now, but around the holiday season, when I saw this poster, I it said like it was like TNT's Scrooge. And then in my head, I'm like, wait a minute, is he a spy? Like, what the fuck are they doing now? Did they reboot Scrooge to where he's undercover and he's working for the Men in Black or some stupid shit? And Scrooge has got like he hits Bob Cratchit with the fucking blinky thing, and Bob Cratchit forgets he's poor. And all of a sudden, there's a big turkey in his house, and fucking uh, the crutch is really a gun, and Tiny Tim's a little, one of those limited fucking spies, uh, midget. I almost say midget. See, it's midget. Can't get my mouth to work. It's been a week. That's been two weeks, actually. Uh, last week I talked, but I had a head full of fucking applesauce. That was fucking terrible. All right. Um, but I see the poster, and, I, and I'm just like, Jesus, what did they fucking do to Scrooge? Did they do a thing? And uh, first of all, clean up your fucking bus stop. Why is that poster still out on February? But secondly, I, I Google it. I look it up, and it was an edgy Scrooge. Is that what I'm to believe? It was like a meaner Scrooge, or or it, it gets more to the heart of the Scroogey matter. I don't, I don't know. What are you doing? What uh, there's... You shouldn't make a new Scrooge. There's a, look, they did make, they've made many new Scrooges, right? They've made a billion new Scrooges. And then they got cartoon Scrooges, those fucking ducks, and everybody else is a Scrooge. That's fine. If you want me to believe there's a duck hoarding a bunch of gold in his basement and swimming around in it, that's fine. I'll believe that. That's, that, that's your Scrooge reboot. But don't, after you've made mean duck who terrorizes his nephews and keeps all of his fucking treasure in the basement, you can't redo Scrooge again. There's nowhere to go from that. Don't, don't give me edgy fucking Scrooge. A Scrooge McDuck is edgy enough. He's a jagoff and he's got a fucking swimming pool full of gold doubloons. The end. That's enough of a jagoff for me. That's enough of a villain in these society times or in the capitalistic society, whatever the fuck. 
Scrooge McDuck is a dude with like piles and piles of gold doubloons and a fucking swimming. You know what? He's a villain for not filling the swimming pool with water. How about that? Fuck him. And is it even a swimming pool? It might just be a basement. He might just have a goddamn basement full of doubloons. Dude, a basement full of doubloons. I tell you, know what? That that's what that's that should be the tagline for a fucking pirate stripper or a pirate burlesque dancer. She could be like uh, the 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 Jolly Rogering with a basement full of doubloons. Oh yeah, just slide a finger into her booty. I'll plunder your booty. How about that? You get a fucking <laughs> look at me making myself laugh. God damn it! I'm gonna plunder some pirate stripper's booty with a thumb. I stuck in my thumb and pull out a plum. And then she said, what the fuck is that doing in there? And I'm like, yeah, no shit. Plums are huge. Goddamn prolapse. Uh, let's not talk about prolapses. I'm sorry that came up and I apologize for even bringing it to your attention. Certainly, it's very early in the morning when you're listening to this show and nobody wants to hear about a prolapsed anus. Nobody even wants to hear the word anus. Uh, but what? You, let me ask you this. All right, let's talk about this. What's the worst word, prolapse or anus? Now, certainly as a combination of words, it can't be beaten. Very, very difficult to beat the two of those. Um Although, let me think, there's got to be much worse combinations of words than prolapsed anus, right? Doesn't there? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not prepared. You would think that I'd be able to pull them off the top of my head, but then I start spouting off garbage. And, oh, how about Nancy Drew? How about that? Is that a bad combination of words? No, prolapsed anus is like a, if you don't know what this is, I apologize. Brace yourselves. All right. If you're eating cereal, put it down. Although, I don't know if cereal is going to remind you of a prolapsed anus. If, let's put it this way. If you're having... Uh, if you're, if you're having a scotch egg, put it down, all right? That's, you certainly don't want me talking about a prolapsed anus where you got a handful of scotch fucking egg. Uh, if you're having any sort of uh, sausage right now, if, you, if, you, if you've sliced open a, if you ever, a sausage patty even, let's put it that way. If you're having a breakfast sausage patty, just put it down. Hey, if you are Jimmy Dean, let's, let's cut to the fucking chase, all right? Fuck sausage itself. If you are Jimmy Dean, the guy, the sausage dude who comes on, dude... Do you think Jimmy Dean really cares about fucking sausage? No, he cares about money. Because I'll tell you what, you ever see those fucking sausages that that dude puts out? And then they'll put out these like weird commercials where they're like, hey, man, I made frozen pancakes because I'm a fucking genius. It's like, no, man, it's not good. These these garbage breakfasts, who's choking them down? Please, please grow up. Listen, if you're out there now and you're eating children's toy food, don't do it. Every time I walk past the, the fucking freezer and look i understand we got to have frozen vegetables and shit you steam the fuck out of them there's no nutrients whatever the fuck you choke it down it's fiber you have to have it i'm doing that myself these days uh, but i'm trying to go fresh i gotta go fresh nobody likes frozen vegetables i've already fuck i've already said there's a hierarchy you know they get the frozen vegetables and, and, and they're much better than canned vegetables and that's fine but fresh is king fresh dominates fresh is fresh is running the show ask just ask the fresh brothers with their keto pizza. That's right. I'm supposed to be doing keto, right? Or I'm in the neighborhood of keto. I'm, I'm keto, keto adjacent. I'm keto adjacent. Um, but the Fresh Brothers have a keto pizza with like a fancy crust that they made that's got like mozzarella cheese in it and some fucking almond flour. And so I saw that and I'm like, God damn, I want some keto pizza. So I sent it to John and I'm like, John, uh, is this keto? Even though, And it's labeled keto. It says keto pizza. And he writes me back literally just in all caps. No. And I'm like, dude, and then I, because first I only sent him like the headline and the picture. Then I sent him the description of their crust, and it says there's only like four grams of carbs in a fucking 10 inch, 10 inch pizza, and, and, and then you get the toppings on it and all that kind of nonsense. And he wrote me, he's like, dude, no. And I said, it says right there that it's keto. It's, it, it, brings it, it breaks it down for you. And he's like, dude, I'm telling you, no, you don't eat this. Eat like a normal person. And I said, you're a mean dad, because he's totally a mean dad. But that's how the Fresh Brothers handle their business. They go, you know what? Let's make some keto stuff for everybody. Uh, Fresh is king, as we know. Everybody knows this. But dudes, I don't. What are we talking about? We're talking about something else. Before we get spun off into fucking vegetables. 
A duck? We were talking about a rich duck? I know we were talking about a rich duck before we talked about frozen vegetables. Um, oh, we're talking about Hollywood. Fuck Hollywood, man. You know, that's the thing. Is they, 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 they reboot Scrooge to where he's edgy. It's like he was edgy enough. He's mean to a guy with a crippled kid. How, how much more edgy does he have to be? Does he have, does he like kneecap him with a fucking baton or something? I mean, he's a, does he, is he himself responsible for Tiny Tim's poliosis or whatever the fuck? Poliosis. Wait a minute. Scoliosis. Polio and scoliosis. I just made a disease up. Holy fuck. Uh, maybe that's what Tiny Tim had. And if, if that's the case, then I'm on Scrooge's side. I flip. I go the other way. If, if fucking Tiny Tim can't, you know, pick a lane, Tim. All right. Go with polio or scoliosis. One or the other. Don't fucking come at me with both. So what's that mean? You're like twisted up like a question mark, but now you also need a fucking wheelchair. Fuck that, man. You can't be all that. You got to pick one. Have polio. Have dignity. Get some fucking dignity, Tiny Tim. Double T. Have some fucking dignity. I know you're nine or whatever the fuck. And I know it's hard to have dignity when your dad's whole job is like he makes a tuppence or whatever the fuck by candlelight. (laughs) Summoning up ledgers for an old man who's never been laid. That's fucking awful. Dude, if your boss hasn't ever had sex, you can't ever be fucked. You can't listen to him. You can't take him seriously. Right now, go to your office. If you're in your office, take a look at your boss. If your boss has never been laid, just be like, fuck you, man. And I don't mean like young. Although maybe, I mean, but actually, you you just, you can step into pussy these days, right? If you're young with Tinder and all that bullshit, right? Isn't everybody just throwing it around? Everybody's slinging dick everywhere. Ladies are just fucking getting laid because ladies. So look, I I think Annie Lennox said it best about Tinder. Sisters are doing it for themselves. Clearly, she knew knew it was coming out. She predicted it millions of years ago. Um, Wasn't that with Aretha Franklin? Isn't that who it was? Uh, Aretha Franklin, whose fucking piano was filled with Cheetos. (laughs) Still one of my favorite stories of all time. Uh, it's a totally a true story. I've told it on here many, many times because it's an anecdote that makes me laugh. But there was a piano repairman. Like uh, Aretha Franklin was playing a piano in her house and it wasn't sounding good. Uh, and she's like, what the fuck? So she calls a repairman and uh, the hammers of the piano are covered in Cheeto dust. And I mean... Like, I don't know, like, and look, I don't, I'm not Max. I don't know what the fuck hammers of a piano mean. I, is that the keys? Cause the key, no, the hammer, I think the hammers of the piano are the things inside. Like when you press the keys, it looks like a typewriter, right? In the inside of a piano. And those, those, those things that normally, like when you're, when you're working a typewriter, they type an H, but when you're playing a piano, they fucking hit a, they hit a chord with a fucking hammer on the inside of the piano. So that, that makes me wonder, was there that, did she fill her piano with Cheetos? I think I've I think I've actually covered this on the show before. It's been twelve years. Get the fuck off my back. Look, if I can't if I can't get down to the fucking the the real real facts behind the uh, Aretha Franklin piano Cheetos mystery, um, which if that is not the name of the show, I don't know what is. Hold on, let's write that down. Uh, <laughs> the Aretha Franklin piano Cheetos mystery. Uh, an emporium. That sounds like it sounds like a place you'd go to shop. Uh, you know, I, I seriously because the hammers are the thing on the inside, so that makes me think. She filled the piano with Cheetos. All right, she must have filled the piano with Cheetos for a party or something like that. And and honestly, I wouldn't put it past Aretha Franklin to do that. You know why? Because she doesn't want to fucking sing. If she has a fucking bash, you know some idiot's gonna sit down. Like Grover Washington Jr. is gonna go, "Hey, honey, I'm gonna plunk out some tunes." Ding 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 ding. How about if you do think? Ding 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 ding. She's like, "Fuck you! I'm here to eat Cheetos and host a party. That's it." And in that order, I don't give a fuck about hosting. Look over there. I've got fucking Patty LaBelle cooking. She's fine. Everybody likes her. You know, Dionne Warwick's at the fucking front door. She's taking hats and coats. We're doing this. It's a whole, you know, it's a whole diva party, a diva hosted party. And you know what we do? We eat Cheetos and we host a fucking party. I'm not going to sit here and listen to fucking uh, 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 Grover Washington Jr. tinkle out the ivories. No, James Ingram, I will not join you on a duet. I'm forcing fucking Cheetos down my goddamn throat. I'm not about to bust out a song. 
Uh, but then Annie Lennox shows up, and Annie, you know, and here's the thing: Annie Lennox willing to take the bullet for Aretha Franklin, and she's willing to sing. She because she knows that sisters are doing it for themselves. Well, she's a sister who's doing it for Aretha, and she's going to give Aretha the day off, and she's going to go. You know what, Aretha? Sit down and eat Cheetos, sister. Um, who's dead in that equation? James Ingram, I think, is dead. And I think Aretha Franklin is dead. That party is uh. That party is long over. <laughs> that party, the party's over for those people. Uh, I think my throat just made a noise, and I apologize for that because I'm, you know, I'm right by the microphone, trying not to be all uh, that guy. My mouth's not as dry anymore. I don't know what the hell happened with that. Um, but I, you know, it's funny. I laughed when I started the show. I was, I didn't, that's what I didn't finish telling you. When I started the show, I was talking, and uh, every time I would go to talk, I, because uh, again. You hear the show with music. The show, you know, the theme song starts and then my voice. Well, all I hear is this dry voice track. So I'm, I'm, I can't hear the music just yet. So every time I would go to talk, this happened like I think four times in a row. I would, I leaned forward and then my throat was just like, and then I was, and I had to stop. I'm like, ah, fuck. I, I talk, I talk for like five seconds and I went, no, people are gonna hear that. And then I go, wait a minute, maybe the music will cover that up. And then I'm like, I don't want to take the chance of one guy. Look, who the fuck wants Thomas Tate in Atlanta to go, hey, man, your fucking stomach's making weird ass noises. I don't want that guy to fucking bitch at me. That'd be fucking terrible. He's a longtime listener, first time caller. Uh, and he'd be very upset and furious if he heard my esophagus going. What the fuck? Nobody wants to hear you know, literally. My, it's I look, I'm a professional broadcaster. All right. I, I talk. And I stumble over words. Sometimes I say mangry instead of angry. Sometimes I mangle the word midget. That happens, okay? You know why? Because uh, because I'm old. I'm 52. Like I said, I, I don't don't trust me for anything. It's over for me. It's over for all of us who are over my age. <laughs> Unless you're listening, you're all liable and everybody's terrific. But me, I know my place. I know I'm finished. I know I know there's no chance. Uh, I still, dude, I still have a hole in my finger. How about that fucking nonsense? This is totally true. I told you about my finger in December. It's not healed. I still got a fucking finger injury. Now, again, I drained my head. And I thank you all people because I think last week I made it very clear. I'm never using a neti pot. That's not happening. I'm not. Nobody's dumping a teapot down my fucking sinuses and hoping the mucus goes into my mouth. That just sounds like the most disgusting. That's like it's like not. You know what? All right. Look, I'm going to I apologize. It's going to be graphic. You ever hear a guy knock back a loogie? With the like the I, I'm not going to do the noise but where he sniffs like he snorts back and then he goes and he hawks it up into his mouth and then he spits because he's disgusting and fucking terrible and he thinks the world is his toilet. Well, sometimes, look, you got to do that in your own house. All right. You wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, Jesus. And uh, but there's nobody else around. If you do it in front of people, you're a fucking monster. But if you do it in your own house, you're like, well, fuck, it's because I want to breathe. Fine. Uh, but that's disgusting. Nobody likes it. That's, there's a reason you spit it out immediately because nobody wants what was in your nose now in your mouth. That's fucking disgusting. So then everybody's like, hey, man, you should use a neti pot. And here's my I, look. I don't know. Fuck all about the neti pot except the stupid name. All right. You know what? I'm going to use a Frank nitty pot. I'm going to hire a fucking dude to come up and just put a fucking machine gun up my nose and blast the fuck out of my sinuses. Next time that happens, I go Frank nitty pot. Fuck neti pot. Um, who played fucking Frank nitty in the untouchables? Billy Drago. Uh, why, why am I giving myself a quiz right here on the air? And, and But fuck you. I answered that quiz immediately, didn't I? I fucking nailed it. Fucking Billy Drago in his white suit and his white hat looking like goddamn Frank Nitty, but also at the same time looking like Michael Jackson and Smooth Criminal. Michael Jackson heisted that fucking whole look, right? He took Billy Drago's fucking Frank Nitty from The Untouchables and then incorporated it in the Smooth Criminal video. But unfortunately, Frank Nitty didn't do the fucking lean. You know the Smooth Criminal lean? And whoa, the fucking lean over and the lean over. Those videos used to be a big deal, man. Like, you, know, you don't understand. Again, this is another thing. Pop culturally, as, a, as an old person, I will tell you, there used to be a thing where like people looked forward to music videos premiering all right they'd be like thriller or smooth criminal 
or uh, uh, fucking remember the time. Uh, remember that one where fucking Michael Jackson's a jester and Eddie Murphy's a king. And uh, who is it? Iman is the queen. And for some weird, weird, uh, I, I was gonna say weird reason for some really weird reason. Uh, I, I And again, it makes me laugh every time I see it. Magic Johnson works there as well. And he's like, he's the. He's like the doorman, basically, is what he is. Because it's like Eddie Murphy, of course, is the Sultan or whatever the fuck, and then the, the, his queen is Iman, and then uh, Eddie, and then Michael Jackson comes in and he dances around and he makes the weird noises. But then, but the Mrs. Magic Johnson is like, "Behold, the Michael Jackson," and then he walks away. Whatever the fuck he says, it's so stupid. Uh, and so now you're, I know, like right now, just by telling you this story, this is you're like, this is why nobody cares about videos anymore because Magic Johnson played an Egyptian caller or whatever the fuck. But that's the thing. Back then, it made fucking sense. And I'm sure they do that shit now, but it's with the reality and YouTube stars. You know what I mean? I'm sure I'm sure if they remade Smooth Criminal or whatever the fuck, one of the Paul brothers would be in it dancing around. Everybody would be like, yay, I love him. He's great. Or those Korean idiots, fucking BTS. Why are they idiots? They're fucking incredibly successful. But uh, I love when people give them shit, by the way. These kids, BTS, are like, because my friend Randy, remember Randy? Uh, Randy Radio, our, our, our lovely friend Randy. She, uh, she loves them because her daughter loves them. So that's the thing. It's one of those things where... Uh, like Samuel Jackson says in Pulp Fiction, uh, my girlfriend's a vegetarian, which pretty much makes me a vegetarian, but you know, I do love the taste of a burger. Well, that's the thing with her. Her, her daughter loves BTS. So that pretty much makes her a fan of BTS, but she does love the Beatles. Um, which by the way, if you didn't know that Korean, they stole the Beatles name. They just dropped all the, there's no, there are no E's or L's in Korean, uh, language. Did you know that? So that was BTS. That's really pronounced Beatles. In Korean, there's just no E's, A's, or, or or L's in their culture. So that's why, that's, now you know. Now you fucking know. Um, but BTS is a boy band, if you don't know who they are. And then they're, they're like, incredibly popular. And they're all wispy, might be gay, could be girls type of thing. You know that, you know what I'm talking about? That, that thing that appeals to young girls, because they're androgynous. And they're non-threatening, really. The girls... I, and, all, right, all right, look, I don't have girls. I don't have daughters. This is just me talking out of my ass. But again, what the fuck? What else is new? It's a fucking show. There are girls who will look at BTS, these Korean dudes, uh, or, or just like when we were kids, Sean Cassidy or Andy Gibb. They were very pretty. I don't think, and again, I could I could be talking out of my ass and feel free to write me if you'd like. If you're my age and you're thinking about Sean Cassidy or, uh, you know, those, those uh, you know, Ralph Macchio used to be in those magazines. Anybody in 16 magazine, all right? Now, I demand, you know what? Actually, I'd fuck this. Don't even, don't even want to tell me. You have to tell me. Now, this is a, this is a poll. I'm taking a poll of all of you. When you got 16 magazine and you put posters on your wall, were you like, he's dreamy and you just kind of liked him, but you didn't, you weren't sure why, or were you genuinely rubbing stuff out to one of these fucking guys? Like, were you, were you just fucking, uh, were you just getting a handful of yourself? Were you just going, you know what? Fuck this. I'm, I'm, I'm working the, I'm working the button. Let's do this. We're fucking, we're going to go ahead and ring the doorbell for these guys. We're going to get a handful of gupper and take care of business for these fucking dudes. Uh, did, did it, did they motivate you to that? Or were they just, was it the thing where you're like, I, you know what? I really like him. I wish someday I could meet him so I could, oh, I don't know, kiss him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can't wait to hold his hand. Was it that sort of dreamy stuff? Or you're like, I absolutely. And, and I could not be 
uh, more serious about this. I want to get fucking worked by all five of the goddamn NSYNC dudes. That's it. I just, I want to get pin cushioned by these fuckers. I want to get spit roasted by a fatone. I want fucking Lance Bass is gay. I don't give a fuck. It's not a, it's not a full on NSYNC spit roast unless the bass cock is involved. I need him to step up to the goddamn plate. Take one for the fucking team. Uh, you know why? Cause I want it that way. Is that even him? That could be the backstreet boys. I don't even fucking know. Uh, you know what? Get, would you want to get railed by them, too? Let's put them in the mix. What about that one tall dude who looked like he was 41 years old in the middle of the fucking tour? Or the new kids. I, you know, Again, I'm going to cover all your age groups. That's what I'm saying. All of these boy bands who became a big deal. If you were young and of that era, if you were 13, 14, were you genuinely thinking, man, I can't wait to fuck the shit out of the new kids on the block? Or were you just like, yay, they're wholesome and I want to kiss them maybe? Uh, because that's how I feel about this BTS Korean band. Like they are, you know, Randy's because Randy knows it too. She's just like, oh my God, they're just like cute boys. They look like they wear makeup. And I think that's one of the things that appeals to girls. And Randy's like, of course, a lady. Um, so when she was little, she probably had that same thing for fucking, like I said, she loved the monkeys and the Beatles. She just, she, you know what? She does a, a radio show uh, on KX. KX93.5, I think it is. Yeah, you find it online, man. She's doing this fucking radio show on the weekends. I actually went down there. I actually hung out with Randy. Um, it's her and her son. She's gotten her basically it's her son's radio show. Randy just kind of hangs out and handles some of the professional stuff with the drops, but he's producing it. I was in the fucking room. That dude picks the music. He produces it. He does audio drops and all this kind of shit. I'm just sitting there going, man, this is fucking imagine if you were 17. Your mom got you a radio show. That's fucking cool. Uh, but also he was he's this fucking dude. It's like a two hour show and it is. It is music. He he plays music that came out that fucking day. And that's not a lie. He put on a song that had come out two hours before they went on the air. It's every Friday night at nine o'clock p.m. It's from nine to eleven on KX 93.5. I believe it is. It's in Laguna Beach. And you listen to it online. And it is. But it's that hardcore like not even thump thump dance that that kind of like like that fucking weird. It's almost like grindcore, but with fucking a beat. You know what I mean? Like some, and uh, like it's like the Prodigy, but it, it actually the other bands. Like he plays the Prodigy. He'll play them occasionally, and then you know the other bands are just like fucking Prodigy. Watch this, and then they just amp it up by like a seventy-eight count, and then there's a weird noise where like somebody takes a flamethrower to a fucking child and stuffs him into a barrel. You know what I mean? You're like, oh my god, what the fuck is this? Um, but you can dance to it. You can dance to all of it, even though some of it's fucking weird. And and like, like I said, there's. Yeah, some of it is really cool. It can be like kind of really deep housey, but a lot of it is just I because I sat there with her and I even looked at Randy. I go, man, I this stuff I can't even I because I, I give it a chance. I, I've listened. If I'm home on a Friday night, sometimes I'll throw it on, you know, and I'll listen for a couple hours just because I want to support Randy. And I and, and this means a lot to her. She has she does a ton of stuff on KX. You know, she has her own radio show with her son. And then she's on Sundays on this guy, Jimmy Alvarez's show. She's kind of like the sidekick and she gets to pick a song of the week and she chimes in and stuff. And she's just ebullient her personality's fun so that's one of the great reasons they have her there and and she should be on every fucking show she's just she used to work k-rock she knows she has uh, like an encyclopedic music knowledge she does just great work uh but that radio show with her son again it's the reason i like it is you know they don't talk they're not really djs They'll, they'll play music for like 20 minutes and then they'll be like hey you're listening to kx the drop this is da 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 and here's and now the next song is da 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 and then that's it like it's it's like those friday night mixes you used to listen to you ever do that when you throw on uh b96 in chicago used to do it and then out here uh 
I think I don't think Kiss does it, but there's like ninety six three does it, and it's just at 10, 10 p.m. on a Friday night or Saturday night. They'll just play music till like five or six in the morning. There's a DJ mixing. That's all it is, and you can just throw it on and have to worry about getting fucking assassinated or annihilated by goddamn. Uh, well, sometimes they have to play ads, I think, but eh, no fuck no. It's a commercial free mix a lot of the time, um, and that's what they do at, at KX. But anyway, fucking I don't know why I'm going into this, but uh, well, I went because I went down there. I went down to Laguna, and it was this thing. It was so funny. She invited me to come down and hang out. So I went and then part of me was like, uh, is she going to ask me to be on the air? Cause you know, she knows I do the podcast and stuff. So I'm like, all right. And here's the reason I didn't want to go on the air. Cause Randy's very nice and she's, she's supportive of the show. She's supportive of me and has been for a very long time. But I also didn't want to go down and talk on her show because it's her son's show. And I know her son, he's a cool guy. And I, his name's Bjorn. I'll just say that because she can, she says it on the air. So you're going to fucking know it anyway. Uh, and I didn't want it to look like I was usurping Bjorn's fucking show or, or insinuating myself into it. So uh, so I got down there and I was like, hey, look, I got to tell you, I, I like do not throw it to me or put me on the air. That's just that's I just want I don't want Bjorn to be like and she just looks at me, she goes, oh, no, of course not. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Jesus, I've been worried about this for two weeks. Like I literally because only because, again, I, it's not that I'm fucking, I, you know, me, I'll talk fucking forever. But at the same time, it's Bjorn's gig. So I didn't want to be like, I didn't want her to go. And we have a guest. It's, uh, you know, uh, one of my friends. And Bjorn's just like, yeah, I don't get to get my friends in here as guests. What the fuck? Why are you dragging this old man in here to talk over my fucking beats? It's, it's literally like if Skrillex showed up at a party at the, for the, all the artists who they play on their show, the other artists would just not even talk to him. And he'd just be stuck over by the punch bowl making mouth noises by himself. Uh, which would make you think that he had his own podcast, like fucking weird esophagus bullshit, um, because they play like hardcore. You know, you know what I mean. I, I, it's like when you're when you're a kid and you're just like, oh man, you know, I like I like some fucking hardcore rock. I like you know fucking Ozzy Osbourne, yeah. And then you hear Slayer and you're like, oh, oh, hold on a second, things have changed. Or Cannibal Corpse, you know what I mean? You're like, oh fuck, man, this I don't like anything heavy. Listen to these heavy assholes. Literally, that, that's like. That guitar could kill a guy, and it probably already has. If the guys fucking playing guitar themselves haven't killed it, you ever read those stories about Norwegian death metal bands, dude? There's some fucking dudes out there. Like, I mean, they buy that shit. You know what I mean? They're like, you know, the icicles were cold and frozen on her vagina, and we found her body. And then, but then the guy's like, you know, the fucking Cookie Monster shit. And then you're like, all right, well, that's fine. Whatever the fuck your bullshit. And they have face paint on. It looks like Kiss melted. Literally, literally looks like Kiss got too close to a campfire. You ever see the fucking wake up on those Norwegian idiots? They're just like, and they always have names like Black Circus. <laughs> that's what I want to listen to. Black Death Circus. Uh, you know, fuck that. I would actually listen to Black Death. Why am I lying? I would totally listen to Black Death Circus. That's a movie I want to make. Um, but. <laughs> By the way, uh, Black Death Circus in Korea is BDC. They play tour with BTS. All the B bands go out together. BTS, BDC, BTO. You got to see BTO in, in Korea. Oh, man. They're fucking, they're, you know what they're doing? They're taking care of business. That's what they're doing. If you're wondering what they were doing. If you ever wonder what BTO is doing in fucking Korea, I'm telling you right now. Taking care of business every fucking day. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, working overtime, those guys. All right, so here's the deal. Everybody makes fun of these bands. Like she, I, I make fun of BTS just because I, but I, because I get it though. You know, there's the the knack had a fucking album called, but the little girls understand. And you're like, no fucking kidding. The little girls understand. They know what it's about. You want to, you want to know what's coming? Go look at young girls. I can remember when fucking, uh, uh, Max's, um, 
daughter was was going to see Taylor Swift like nine years ago. You know what I mean? Or whatever the fuck it was, however long. And I'm like, because at the time, I'm like, I sort of vaguely had heard the name. And I'm like, I don't know who the fuck this is. But yeah, a fucking 13-year-old girl will tell you everything that's coming. She'll, she knows what's, ha- what's on the horizon, what's happening. And if it's BTS or BCD or, or, or BDC <laughs> or fucking BTO, any of those bands. But those that's who likes those bands. It's, again, they're made for girls and shit like that. So whenever anybody makes fun of these boy bands or anything, I'm just like, what the fuck? You know, it's not for you, man. Quit making fun of shit that's not for you. There's no reason for you to step up and make fun of shit that's not for you. Um, you, we, you can choose to not comment. You can choose to move on. And also, I'll tell you this. I fucking respect these Korean boy bands because that's that's a job, man. It's not like they're like because out here in America, like I just I told you, I just read that punk book. So that's my new reference point for everything. Literally in that punk book, half the people in it have a, a needle in their arm and the other half have a cock in their mouth. And there is a Venn diagram of people who have both. That's just and then these fucking lazy assholes are nodding off the heroin and drinking fucking cough syrup and getting methadone and going and hiding in a French villa somewhere. That's 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 your you know, that's American fucking rock stars in Korea. Those motherfuckers have a time clock. They work 15 fucking hours a day. You know, you you might think I look uh, in, in America. You watch yourself gavotte in Korea. You practice your gavotte for 17 fucking hours or until you collapse on stage. Until you got bloody Korean feet, which, by the way, they're touring under the title of BKF. You want to see them? They're on the road right now. BKF is terrific. Uh, so I. I. Those bands work motherfucking hard. And you know why they work hard? Because people, you know, here in America, you can choose to be a rock star because you're like, yeah, man, I totally want to be a rock star. Why? Because fucking counterculture, man, because I got the fucking music in me or whatever the fuck. Some dumb excuse you got. The bottom line is you don't want to fucking work. You're like, I, I, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to have a fucking job. I don't want to have a boss telling me what the fuck to do. I got news for you in Korea. You know, when you got a boss, when you're in a goddamn boy band. There's a fucking drill sergeant there, just some dude with epaulets who's fucking screaming at you and not like in a Michael Jackson cool ass, hey, these are fake way. No, man, there's some fucking Korean general who's like, he's just yelling at you to stand up and do a twist at a fucking plie. How would you like to do Let me ask you this. How would you like to have to get a plie perfect or you're going to a fucking gulag? You want that to happen? Yeah, that's that's the way it is in Korea. They're just fucking churning these dudes out to make money. And I'm sure that these guys aren't, they don't have fucking huge homes and crazy fucking mansions and shit like that. No, they're on the road just making money for dear leader. And he's fucking stacking it up. Kim Jong-un is sleeping on piles of BTS and BKF and BDC money. Big Death Circus is bringing in all the dope for fucking Kim Jong-un. And when they're finished with them, they're going to send them off to the army. Dude, that's another thing. How about, like, look at any fucking, like, Korean baseball player comes over here. Chan Ho Park's a baseball player. And they're like, hey, man, uh, you got to do mandatory military service of like three years, whatever the fuck. And he's just like, oh, uh, but but I'm a really good pitcher. And they're like, it doesn't matter, dude. You're Korean, Korean citizen. Come on over here. Grab a gun. And he's like, but I, I'm throwing change up. And they're like, nobody cares, man. You got to head over here. And again, epaulets, uniform, fucking boots. Get that fucking tight window down. White gloves, crazy hat. Get over here. Do a fucking march in the streets. Pull our one missile around so everybody can be scared of us. And Channel Park is, ah, but I learned bunt. And they're like, they don't care if you learn the bunt, buddy. Get over to here. And so then all those guys have to negotiate a thing to like bring glory to the motherland or else they got to go into the fucking army. So some guys do it by going in a boy band and dancing around and doing fucking perfect, absolutely perfect choreography. If that's going to keep me out of fucking digging ditches for a latrine, you're goddamn right. I'll learn a plie. Fuck yes. I'll do all that spinning around. I'll wear the slidey shoes. I'll fucking flip my hair. I'll wear all the eyeshadow you got in fucking Korea, whatever you got. And, and I'll test all the rabbits to make sure they die. And so I have the best goddamn eyeshadow just to keep me out of the fucking army. You know, that's the fucking deal over there. And the baseball players, too. Like, they told Channel Park, like, hey, man, here's the deal. 
if you win an Olympic medal or whatever the fuck or, or win the World Baseball Classic, then uh, you don't have to go in the Army. You don't think that's incentive to, to, to just fucking fire 100 mile an hour fastballs past everybody? I because I, because again, that's the deal here in America. We're like, hey, man, I want to become a rock star. Why? Why? Because I like drugs and pussy. That's why in Korea, they're like, I want to become a rock star. You're like, why? Why? Because I don't want to get shot in, in fucking Bangladesh. That's why. Or become a spy or whatever the fuck Korea is doing with all their bullshit. I, you know what? I, I became a rock star because I like wheat. That's what I'm doing in Korea, because otherwise I don't get to eat a fucking thing. I get a thin, gruely soup. You know, you know what they serve the, the fucking peasants who aren't those guys? Boy band sweat. That's what you get to eat if you're in Korea and you're not in the boy band. You're not in the fucking and uh, the arts or baseball. Then if you're if you're in fucking North Korea, they're just getting a big ass bowl of fucking boy band sweat. They just boil Chan Ho Park's jock and that's soup for fucking hundreds for months. They have to fucking just drink drops and spoonfuls while Chan Ho Park is off living the good life because he won a goddamn medal because he can throw 95 miles an hour. Not anymore, though. Well, I wonder what he's doing. You got to hide out, right? Did he return to Korea as a, like a hero, exalted champion? Or is he just like, fuck it, not staying in Florida? Boy, Florida doesn't seem so bad if you're thinking about going to Korea. Nothing against Florida. I'm sure you guys are lovely. But Jesus Christ, Korea is a mess. North Korea. South Korea is lovely. South Korea is fucking perfect. I, as you know, uh, as we talked about with the Oscars, they just put out a fucking Parasite movie. They put out Bong Joon-hoon. Is that his name? Bong Joon-hoon? I think that is. Um... And I'm not going to fucking ruin the other names, but they're all lovely. The guy who played the dad was was fucking phenomenal in Parasite. There's a speech he gives to his son about making plans. I don't want to give it away. Uh, but, us, but I know some of you won't do it because you got to read it. I don't read movies. Okay, you stupid fucking hillbilly. I am so tired of these assholes. The fucking Oscars go Sunday. By Monday, there's some neckbeard in a fucking taxi hat who's just like, oh, Joker was great, and, well, but Parasite is not English. It shouldn't be. Shut the fuck up. You know what, man? Aren't you embarrassed to be a grown-up? Aren't you embarrassed to be an American when you see these fucking idiots going, speak English in movies. Hey, fuck, you don't... If you don't like it, don't see it. You like Joker? You know what? Put together your neckbeard awards. How about that? Taxi hat neckbeard awards. Fat guy basement awards. Whatever the fuck. And, and he's ranting on YouTube and screaming. We never used to have to deal with that. It's like me. You never had to hear from an idiot like me. And then all of a sudden podcasting showed up and now here I am. I'm, I'm in your ears and you're like, ah, oh, fuck this guy. Why is he around? Exactly. Why am I around? Why couldn't I be in Korea in a boy band dancing around making making fun? Um... But but oh, and I know you're like oh man Korea just stole our boy band band concept because that's what they always do they always steal our technology like <laughs> Korea stole our nuclear technology to try to make a missile now they stole our boy band technology to make fucking a boy band uh, but they're they're out boy banding the shit out of us because again in America our boy band gets complacent our boy band marries our, a Melrose Place actress and then all of a sudden you got Ian Ziering or whatever the fuck was he in a boy band he might not have been but Melrose Place is just a boy band of shows right wasn't it it was fucking Luke Perry. And uh, uh, who's the other guy? Jason Seahorn. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It's not Jason Seahorn. Jason Seahorn's a football player, right? Was he with the Giants? Uh, but he, but he, he was good enough, good looking enough to be in fucking Melrose Place. Who's the Who's the dude? There's Luke Perry, and who's the Who's the main guy? I can't even remember. I never watched these shows again. I'm not a I'm not a soap opera guy. Okay, I didn't watch any of this stuff. If it's not Dark Shadows, I'm not tuning in. Again, like I said, I'm over 50. I'm not allowed to watch anything new. And granted, that was from the Peach Pit in the 90s and whatever the fuck. I always mix those up. There's Melrose Place, and then there was, uh, well, I mean, uh, 21 Jump Street's a cops. And that one's, that one's easy. That's Depp and DeLuise. And uh, tough black uh, chief cop, it, it, like they had in every other cop show, Black Sergeant. Um, 
which which is another Korean band. <laughs> Black Sergeant thing. BS, that's what they perform under. Uh, and Holly Robinson Pete, who married uh, who's married to Rodney Pete. Rodney Pete, of course, who was a quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Detroit Lions and also USC, played in the Rose Bowl. Uh, why, what am I? Now it's just random facts. That's what this show's become. We're just spiraling off and just spouting out random fucking facts. But again, I got a hole in my hand. What the fuck? Give me a break. I'm bleeding out. Uh, no, it doesn't bleed. I still have the fucking, I get the finger thing. Uh, but it's not, it's just, it's just, it's funny. I have, um, I have a, a, a lovely friend in town and she's like, uh, we have to, uh, we have to go to the doctor. And I'm like, no, that's fine. It's totally fine. She's like, it's really not. It's, it just isn't. And I'm like, and she thinks that I'm scared to go to a doctor. Like, she's like, if I went with you, like if we went to a clinic or whatever, I'd be there with you when it happened. I'm like, I, I, I think she thinks I'm scared. And as we all know, I'm not scared. I'm not a scared. I'm not scared. Uh, but I think she thinks that I am, even though I'm not, I, but it's, it's more about cash and every other dumb thing. Um, but she could also think that it's about boredom. You know me, I don't want to go do any of that dumb shit. Who the fuck wants to go to a doctor? Not me. I've been to enough doctors by myself when I had fucking, uh, pussy wine throat, you know, I had to go fucking get tests in that thing where you're sitting there by yourself furtively glancing at somebody else who might have a fucking spot on his cock. That's always a drag. When you go in to get those free tests, you're just like, all right, man, something's up with my throat. Can we, uh, can we kind of take a look at what's going on here? And also, uh, my cock is a little weird. Uh, and they, you know, cause I mean, that's when you're in that waiting room, everybody in there has weird cock. That's what it is. They're just, that's nobody is in there. Cause they always say, Oh man, you go in every two months and you get tested. If you're sexually active, it's like, all right, great. But nobody goes there if they're feeling good. All right, nobody's like, man, I feel terrific. You know what I'm going to get right now? Somebody to jam something into my penis. That's what I want. Oh, my Christ. I want, I want somebody to look at my prolapsed anus. Somebody get me a fucking sausage roll. Somebody get me a Poroshki. That's what it's going to look like, a prolapsed Poroshki. Uh, nobody in their right mind gets up and goes, ah, today's the day. I got to go get somebody to fucking, uh, some stranger to put on rubber gloves and flop my penis around and make sure it's okay that I can use it. Now, I can, I know I can use it. Yeah, you only go if there's, if something's wrong. It's like if you hear, you know, when you're driving your car, nobody brings their car in because it's in good shape. You're just like, oh man, I heard a fucking weird noise. If your cock makes a weird noise, you go and fucking wait in that waiting room. And then you got to stare at the other people because you know that they're all there. I'll tell you this. The weirdest thing is when you're in there and, uh, and it shouldn't be. I know this is the child in me. All right. But again, I'm only there because I got weird. I got wine cock, you know, pussy wine cock throat, whatever the fuck. And I'm waiting to be seen. Uh, and again, this is months ago. I told you about this. Sometimes this is no surprise. Uh, it's happened to me twice now. Fucking don't put, do me a favor. Don't blow me with wine in your mouth. All right. Can we get, can we get fucking that now? I, I, I now have a rule, which is weird because I look and I'll be honest with you. I'll break that fucking rule in an instant. If there's a chick who wants to go down on me and she's like, oh my God, this is so sexy. And she goes to pour wine in her mouth. Guess what? I, I all in my head, I'm going, oh, well, it looks like I got to make a doctor's appointment. Like, literally, that's all I'm doing. If you want to fucking suck my cock, but you got to fill your mouth with wine first. Uh, well, it's not like you got to. I mean, you want to do it because you're like, hey, this is tantalizing and fun. Look at me. I'm sexy. Tee hee here in the backseat of this car. And I'm, what am I going to say? No, excuse me. Let me stop them. Excuse me, ma'am. I understand that you're looking to go down on me, and that's fucking great because there's nothing I want more than head from you at this point. However, um, in my past, I've had women who filled their mouths with wine, and I don't, nobody gives a shit. I'm not about to kill the fucking mood. A chick could fill her mouth with Drano and fucking blow me, and I'd be like, let's do it. 
All right, you know why? Because I know the fucking free clinic is just waiting for furtive glance Friday so I can come in and stare at dudes whose cocks are not working like mine is. You know what I mean? There's a bunch of dudes with spotty cocks in there. That's it. It's like, it's like I don't know what it is. I think I got a bruise on my cock. It's sore. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know. I banged it into a wall. I mean, it's shit. I just, I, I jerked off and unfortunately I had calluses from weightlifting and somehow I've irritated the skin. Uh, that might hit a little too close to home. Probably shouldn't tell you that sort of thing. Anyway. Uh, it's not so bad. You got to, that's why you got to use a, you get a little, uh, my, my buddy, oh, never mind. I'm not going to get into that. I'll bore it. It's, it's just, listen, you don't want to hear anything like that. Not at all. Although I think I've said nearly enough. Um, so the fuck are we talking about boy bands? I don't fucking know. We were all over the joint. Uh, I know we were talking about Hollywood and pop culture. Oh, we're talking about the fucking neckbeard assholes and their fucking hatred of parasite. What the fuck is wrong with people, man? And again, here's my favorite thing about that idiot. If you saw him, he's like, uh, I, I don't care. You know, Joker was fantastic. Joker, but he's talking about Joker. But then he goes, I, I don't care if it was Joker. I don't care what. I don't care if it was little fucking women. I don't care. Yeah, you do. No, you care. You absolutely fucking care because I guarantee you, with your fucking taxi cab hat and your dumb fuck beard and your stupid mug, you would be on here. If little women beat Joker, you'd be on here going, oh. Hollywood is so woke and they give an award to a woke and and I, I again I, I like I'm I feel like I'm repeating myself but I mean aren't you just isn't it just boring to look at the world through that fucking prism isn't it boring to retcon things like I said you know even people look at stuff and go well he's problematic because he said this 41 years ago I, I don't give a shit about 41 years ago you know what I you know what I was caring about when I was 41 years ago I was fucking 11 it was 1978, and I cared about Reggie Jackson. That's all I cared about. I cared about Mike Schmidt and the Phillies losing to the fucking Dodgers and Reggie Jackson hitting fucking bombs. That's what I cared about. It's in 78, I cared about the, the, the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers and the, and the Oakland Raiders. That's what I cared about. But you're going to tell me 41 years ago, some guy said the, uh, you know, the N-word in a movie, and he, and he shouldn't have, or, or he, he was mean to a lady, and you're like, nah, fuck. I, I, I don't know. How, how often are you going to fucking thumb these guys, man? Um, I, I'll, I'll give you an example real fast. Joaquin Phoenix gave his speech at the Oscars. Okay, I don't know if you saw it. Now, I will say this. Uh, did it go off the rails a little bit? It certainly did. I did not expect... Now, look, I didn't watch the Oscars. I'll tell you this, too. I was streaming video games, and I'm not doing that to brag. I, I If there was a party to go to, I would have watched the Oscars because I genuinely enjoy watching it with people, and that's fun because then there's a pool and there's food. You have a good time. Uh, I enjoy that. But by myself, I've learned that just sitting and watching an award show, uh, I haven't watched it in probably three years. The last time I, um, the first time I didn't watch it, it's because I was in Kuwait. I was visiting my friends Ahmad and all those dudes uh, in Fawaz and fucking uh, uh, the Mohammed and, and uh, fucking blind Mohammed. Um, oh, no, blind Abdullah. I apologize. I don't want to have blind Mohammed. Holy shit. I don't want to jinx the guy. Um so I was, I was there and I, that was the one they fucked up the moonlight. It was like two years ago. And I also like in my head, I watched, so I watched that over and over on, on Twitter or whatever the fuck. As I woke up, I literally woke up in Kuwait to that news. Like I've, I turned on my phone and I scrolled through Twitter and it, it had just happened. That's the time difference. Okay. And I, I was like, look at this nonsense, poor Warren Beatty, but of the fuck they stepped on their dick. They fucked it up with the envelope. That's fine. But I also in my brain, I was like, well, I guess I don't really need to watch this anymore because I can see this on I can see the bits online that I needed to fucking see. Uh, 
Because the year before that, I had taped it, and then I, I fast-forwarded through most of it. You know, I had done that with the Grammys and and the Oscars for like the past couple of years, and now the past and now since then, I just I don't even watch the damn thing. Like I'll I'll pop into Twitter and check it out and see what's going on. Um, I've driven, I drove Uber a couple of years ago during it. You know, that's what I said. And then I taped it and came home and just watched it real fast, but it's not for me anymore. You know, I don't, I don't need to invest myself in it. Now, am I interested in it? Of course. Do I want, do I root sports wise for people I want to win? I do. I had a friend who contacted me and I was, and he bets he has, he gambles at a website. I said, they have Oscar odds. He said, yeah. And I said, all right, look, if you want, I said, if you want to make guaranteed money, Bet on Joaquin Phoenix. I said, but I'll tell you what, he's got to be a ridiculous favorite. And he was. It was like you had to bet, you had to bet like $700 to win $100. And, uh, and, and you know, my buddy's just like, look, that's a lot, <laughs> whatever the fuck it was. And I'm like, yeah, it is. But I'm telling you, I guarantee you, you will win. Like if you, if you have somehow $5,600 laying around and you want to make $100, this is your bet. Uh, but also, I will tell you this. I, I thought Joaquin was a lock. I thought Brad Pitt was a lock. But I also thought, I told him, I go, look, 1917 will probably win Best Picture. I said, the only one that can beat it is Parasite. I go, but I, I just don't see them doing that because I think they'll give Parasite foreign film and then figure that that's enough for them. And then he looked up the odds and he sent them to me and he goes, yeah, no. He goes, uh, you, exactly what you're saying. So like, but in it, it, fucking 1917 was minus, it, again, it was like you had to bet five grand to win a grand or 500 to win a hundred. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. Um, and then Parasite was the second one, but that was plus one fifty. So if you bet if you bet a thousand, you'd win fifteen hundred. So that's a pretty that's a decent bet. But I told him, I go, look, I go, I never know with Hollywood, and it looks like War is going to win, and all the fucking hype said that was going to win. And I said, and here's the thing is, also Sam Mendes is probably going to win director because of the technical achievement of nineteen seventeen. Now look, I haven't seen nineteen seventeen. I just know what I had read. Um, but I don't. So whatever the, the fucking award shows. They're not for me anymore. I don't need to tune in. I don't need to watch the Grammys. I don't need to watch. I never watched the American Music Awards. And that was the stuff when I used to be married, my ex-wife would watch every award show. And I, and I think it tainted me to it eventually. Like the Oscars I'd watch with her, the Grammys I'd watch with her, but everything else, I just, I didn't care about the Golden Globes. I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. Just It's just not for me. You know, I don't, I don't need to watch it. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I recognize there are people like that's, I love the Super Bowl. I love sports. So I recognize for some people, the Oscars is their Super Bowl. So I'm not going to shit on somebody who likes the Oscars, who wants to watch it, who wants to discuss it. Now, if you go fucking insane like the neckbeard did, then you're a fucking idiot. But also, because of the new society and social media, everybody dunks on people for making mistakes. So I watched Joaquin Phoenix's speech, and I watched it uh, that night later. You know, I didn't see it in real time. Uh, All I saw was the response of everybody making fun of him. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck did he do? Because I saw, I had seen his BAFTA speech, which I thought was heartfelt and real. And, uh, and I thought he meant the things that he said. Now, at the same time, you can say, well, you know, what's he going to do about it? Cause he had talked about racial representation and things like that. And I don't know, I, you know, who, who knows what you can do about it. All you can do is maybe in with your bully pulpit upon winning a BAFTA or winning an Oscar, you can bring attention to these issues or these problems. And, and hopefully, uh, start the tide moving in another direction. So Joaquin Phoenix wins the Oscar. I guess he gives this speech and people are making fun of it. All I see is people making fun of it and talking about cows. And I'm like, all right, what the fuck? So then I watch his whole speech. And uh, look, I'm not going to apologize for the cow thing. All right, the cow thing went off the fucking rails. He was talking extemporaneously. Take it from a guy like me 
who just named a band Black Death Circus in Korea. I, when you talk, a bunch of crazy shit can come flying out of your mouth. If you speak extemporaneously or you don't have a script and you just start speaking from the fucking the head or the heart, I've made a living on it. Well, living is strong, but I mean, I've been doing it for 12 fucking years and you've been tuning in. So who the fuck? Know? Yeah, that's the deal. Nobody knows the fuck's going to come flying out of my mouth. Uh, I just talked about Woody, wine pussy throat, 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 wine pussy cock, whatever the fuck. Uh, all that shit's lurking inside me. It's going to come fucking leaping into your goddamn ears. Well, Joaquin Phoenix, when he's, he just, you know, it's the biggest moment of his life. He's winning an Oscar. He's been nominated before. And I'll tell you what, I thought he had won for Walk the Line. I was very surprised. Like, this is his first win. I go, that's a mistake. I thought he won for Walk the Line. But when I looked, he did not. And I was like, whoa, that's interesting. So he uh, gives his speech and he starts talking and he's going, and he's very heartfelt and very erudite. And then he mentions cows an artificial insemination, eating their babies or drinking their milk or whatever the fuck. And you're like, all right, buddy, where are we going here? Hey, grab the reins. But thankfully to me, he did. I watched. And then the rest of his speech, the cow thing. Look, I, again, it's ludicrous. I, I understand. It's not ludicrous. I understand his feelings in that realm. I know there's a lot of animal rights activists who feel that way. And good for him for giving them some sort of pub or some sort of run. That's fine. If that resonated with you, good for you. And uh, save the cows. I'm all on board with that. Whatever the fuck. But then the rest of his speech, uh, when he when he talked about he's been difficult to work with and hardy how hard he's been and he wants to change and then he mentioned the stuff from his brother, I I found all of that very moving and very touching as as somebody who tries to also speak from his heart and tell you what he's feeling or thinking, and I I recognize how difficult that must have been for him in front of millions and millions of people to to go and then he could barely get. He didn't even say river. He's like my, my, my brother. And he, he, he tried desperately to hold it together and he was able to get it out. Good for him. And I was happy for him. And upon seeing the speech, I remember I just in my brain, because then then for days now it's resonated where people are like, oh, at least it wasn't Joaquin Phoenix. I, that fucking guy, Holly weird, whatever. The, and you're just like, man, I don't. You have your biggest moment. You have your weakest moment in front of millions of people. You have your largest moment. You. God forbid you step on your dick in front of people. And he didn't even. I thought he fucking nailed it just because you thought it was silly or whatever the fuck. Or I understand all of social media. That's what they're they're constantly on. I'm like, this is a theme, a prevailing theme on this show. And I don't mean it to be. I don't like to revisit it all the time because, again, as I've mentioned, it's fucking boring. But I also think it's it's kind of it's kind of the kernel, the kernel ingredient in in the destruction of discourse. It's just happening. And. You can't do anything without somebody holding you. So I guess the point is he gives the speech. It's heartfelt. He talks about saving the world. You know, he really, he genuinely wants to kind of advance an agenda where he's like, look, man, let's care for animals and each other and let's do all this. And then the very next day, uh, there's a photo of him in variety and he's holding a water bottle or something uh, like a, he's, he has a plastic water bottle, not unlike this one I have in my hand right now. And, uh, and uh, I, all of these fuck, all the roaches come out and they start dunking on him and saying, Oh, ho, ha ha. I, I guess you really want to save the world. Huh? I, I guess you really want to save the world. Hold on. You have a fucking plastic water bottle. Look at you. I, uh, oh yeah. Talk about the cows and fucking save the world. But now you're going to, you're going to fucking ruin it with plastic. Way to go. You fucking climate change. Fuck. And I'm just like, Whoa, Whoa, what? what? He didn't nefariously take out a water bottle and go <laughs> and destroy the planet. He's drinking water because it's in a plastic water bottle. And he's at the Oscars. He's got an Oscar in one hand. What the fuck you want him to do? Carry a fucking hydrous fucking bottle? One of those a thermos? You want him to bring a thermos to the Oscars? I mean, the world is the world. 
It's like when people bash on that fucking little kid, that mean little kid who's trying to fucking save climate change. What, uh, Greta, that's her name. Greta Thunberg. She's out there and she's like, hey, man, you, you mean boys are driving around in your cars and destroying the nation or whatever the fuck. Good for her. Good for her. Stand up. Wave your fucking flag. Get people to put their cigarettes down or fucking stop driving cars. Whatever you want to do. I'm with you. Good for you. You're young. Change the fucking world because she's invested. She's got a world to worry about. You know, I'm almost dead. Nobody gives a shit about me. Like I said, I just want to outlast the water. That's it. I don't want the water wars to start till I'm in the ground. And, and then you guys start killing each other over fucking H2 and possibly O. But Greta Thunberg, everybody's like, and then, but then all these grown people try to dunk on her. They're all like, oh, why? Well, you know, hey, Greta, I saw, saw you're on a train. Oh, I guess you really care about the fucking world if you're riding a train. Well, what the fuck, man? She can't be Yule Gibbons. She can't be out there fucking eating grape nuts with a fucking backpack going back and forth as Johnny Climate Seed and telling you what the fuck to save. You got to take a train sometimes, man. Modern convenience does not connote you wanting everything to be wrong or disprove the things you believe in. Get the fuck off people's back. Sometimes you got to drink out of a plastic water bottle. Sometimes you got to take a fucking train just today or fucking yesterday. It's late Wednesday. So I, I, it's past midnight. So fucking whatever the fuck yesterday, Wednesday, who cares? Um, Bernie Sanders won New Hampshire this week. Uh, I think he won Iowa. I still don't know what the fuck is going on there, but fucking sure enough. Someone puts a photo of him on Instagram and they're like, oh, here I am with a socialist in first class because Bernie Sanders is riding in a first class in a plane. And uh, and and this guy think, aha, got him, got him because uh, he's mad at Bernie Sanders for being in first class on a plane. Hey, hey, look, um, the world sometimes dictates that you have to fly a plane. And you know what? When you have a level of fame or you have some sort of thing to protect. Uh, you know, it's not like he's, he doesn't want to be back in steerage with the unwashed masses. Sometimes you have a comfort level that you're accustomed to because of your money or because of your status. And also because maybe people just won't leave you the fuck alone. So yeah, everybody. Oh yeah. I'm sure there are people like, Oh, he's a real man of the people in first class. It's like, well, um, Get off his fucking back. And also, I'll tell you what, he's 78 years old. Let me ask you as a passenger in steerage, do you want to sit next to a 78-year-old man? Weird noises coming out of him, watching him gum his fucking applesauce, whatever the fuck he orders from the fucking food cart, or whatever the fuck you know, he's got. He pulls out that trail mix. What if they, here's, I'm going to tell you this right now. You sit next to a 78-year-old man on the plane, a guy you don't know, all right? You sit next to a 78-year-old man, and he orders the fucking trail mix from the waitress. She comes over, and because he doesn't have good teeth, he just has to suck the salt off the nuts, and then he puts them all on the fucking tray. You want to watch that? You want to watch a 78-year-old Bernie Sanders gum a Brazil nut? No, you fucking don't. You want to see him a fucking, fucking gum a mouthful of cashews and spit them out because he's just trying to get the salt for sustenance, and he can't chew the fucking nut because his doctor told him it'll get caught in his colon? Because he's fucking 78 and shit don't work anymore. He's just trying to stay alive so he can see this fucking planet through four more fucking years and try to fix some shit that needs to be fixed. Get off his fucking back. Guy's in fucking first class. So what? Did you expect him to be like Gump and run for fucking four states and grow a giant long beard and then claim to fucking save shit? No. Because I'll tell you what. If Bernie Sanders rode in coach, I don't know why it was Tanya Shabali there. I said that was coach. If he ran in coach, oh, Canadian coach. It's like my friend Tanya. Um... If Bernie Sanders flew in coach, you'd make fun of him for that, too. Oh, look at this fucking guy. He's got a million dollars, but he's going to ride in coach. He's going to pretend to be a man of the people. Like, these guys can't fucking win. Joaquin Phoenix could have gone up there and said, hey, you know what, man? I like pussy and I like pizza. Thanks for the Oscar. And people would have been, there would have been people who would have been like, he's a genius. And then people were like, what a crass Hollywood libtard. 
Uh, but then he tries to do something where he's going to hopefully save the world. And everybody's like, fuck this guy. It's like that idiot. Who's the kid who almost got shot nine times? Who looks like fucking Dennis the Menace? Who's the kid in fucking Florida? Uh, uh, David Hogg. That's him. David Hogg is another guy. Now, look, do I think this guy might be talking a little too much? Maybe. Do I think his Twitter feed is a little fucking bananas because he's starting to scold all these fucking aldermen and shit for what they're doing? He's yelling at every mayor in America. Fine. That's fine. I think it's silly. But again, he only gets the fucking air that we give him as a media fucking bubble. But this dude puts on fucking tweets and he's just and, and literally his tweets amount to, hey, remember me? I almost got fucking murdered along with some of my classmates. Why don't we stop and do something about guns? And everybody just fucking these people who line up to make fun of that asshole all the fucking time and rip him to shreds. They're just like, ah, fuck you. Fuck you, David Hogg. What? Why? The guy cares. The guy cares about the world, cares about his classmates, cares about the fact that he almost fucking died. Isn't that okay? Shouldn't he go out and fucking tell people, hey, you know, things are bad. Things suck. Let's fucking fix it. Greta Thunberg out there on her fucking train or in a hot air balloon or whatever. She's not fucking, uh, you know, Hannes Phineas or whatever the fuck or whoever the fuck. Who's in around the world in 80 days flying around in a balloon? She's not Peter Potamus and so-so. She's not a fucking weird ass monkey. She's got to fucking get from a point A to point C. And sometimes that necessitates taking a fucking train, man. But everybody expects her because she's like, oh, we got to save the planet. They expect her to go to the Antarctic and chip off an ice floe with a butter knife and somehow sail the ocean with it. Get the fuck out of here, man. Sometimes she's got to get to where she's going to fucking make things happen. So stupid. This company this is a company, this country. Although, you know what? Fuck that. This country is a company at this point. We're just a subsidiary of fucking Trump Industries. And he's going to bankrupt the shit out of this, too. But like AOC, a fucking chick who works in New York. She's an alderman or whatever the fuck, councilwoman. Who knows? I don't know. She's in, a, she's in Congress. But she's another one. Like, she 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 says things people don't like, so then they make fun of her. You know why? Because she's hot. Like, the, the, verse, the best is when they try to make fun of them by pulling out this shit that they did in the past. And everybody goes, hey, that's actually pretty cool. You ever see that fucking hot-ass dancing video she did at Boston U? She's dancing on a roof or something like that. And all of a sudden you're like, and I look, I apologize. This is going to be crass. But all of a sudden, because AOC to me was like, hey, man, who's this upstart who's taking on the establishment and trying to talk about policies nobody else will talk about? And then I see her in that video and I'm like, look at the fucking rack on AOC. Holy shit. That's fucking amazing. Like, did you did you think this video was going to make me not like her? Is that what you possibly thought? By unearthing this dancing video, somehow I was going to go, oh, this is an unserious woman. No, she danced once. Is that okay? And she was in college. If she's doing that same video now, maybe you have an argument. And I I still fucking, I emphasize fucking maybe. Because I'd much rather see her dancing around on a rooftop than watch fucking Mitch McConnell, who looks like an uncircumcised cock, try to fucking smile. You ever see that mess? That motherfucker looks like Mason Verger in the Hannibal movie. He looks like he ate his own chin. And that motherfucker's supposed to be the fucking guy we're looking up to, where he's leading everything as he steals us blind. But yet, hot AOC dancing on a rooftop, everybody makes fun of. Get the fuck out of here. Quit worshiping white men in ties. This fucking country needs to end. Jesus, fuck. Unreal. But AOC, again, like I said, she comes out and she's like, hey, she could give you this fucking amazing plan to save the world, like climate change, whatever the fuck. And there's always some fucking subset of assholes who are like, oh, yeah, like I'm going to listen to a bartender. Fuck you. She used to be a bartender. She's not a bartender anymore. Now she's a fucking anchor woman, councilman, congressperson, everything. She's whatever the fuck she is. She runs it. She won. She's smart. She's young, she cares, and she's got to deal with all the shit that's left on this goddamn planet. So if young people want to care about shit, let them. 
And don't try to fucking bust their fucking balls because they took a train or, or they, you know, David Hogg, like he maybe overstepped by going on TV and you don't like seeing him. Hey, I don't like seeing him either. Believe me, I wish I didn't have to have some high school kid lecturing me about how to fucking behave and how we shouldn't have guns. But unfortunately, that's where we fucking live. AOC comes out and says shit. And everybody, again, they immediately just think, oh, uh, fucking bartender. No, no, she's a fucking congressperson. She used to be a bartender. You think those all those idiots in Congress just came out of the womb fully formed with ties on? I know they look like it. Every white fathead who fucking is in Congress looks like he squeezed out of his fucking mom's birth canal wearing a fucking tie and bitching about zoning. I get that. But this fucking chick, she's trying to make shit happen because, again, they have a planet they need to care about. They got a world that they're inheriting from a bunch of fucking junk bond assholes who fucking spent the 80s and 90s partying and now think nobody else should get the party. You know, I fucking have done this reading and this weird shit. And like, I'm not radicalized or any of this bullshit. I just think the fucking everything is a joke. All right. Everything is fucking so horrible and I don't understand it. But like, if, if I'm understanding this correctly, the counterculture from the 60s who hated and backlashed against the 50s is now trying to become the 50s again. Like they they were the 50s. And they hated it. They're like, fuck this. And in the 60s, like, woo, free cock and pussy for everybody. And let's all do dope. And hey, let's go to the hate. And hold on, one pill makes you small. And you're like, yeah, this is great. And now they're like, hey, man, I got four cars. What do you mean we can't use fossil fuels anymore? And then they all, they're all trying to reboot. They're like, oh, man, oh, yeah, all that 60s and 70s bullshit. Yeah, fuck it. Then Reagan came along and he showed us the light. So we're okay now. No hippies, no counterculture. And young people shouldn't care. And maybe this is a thing that just happens all the time. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe in the 20s when the fucking uh, flappers were like, everybody's like, these flappers are destroying America. And then the depression comes along and it's like, oh, remember the joyful flappers of nine years ago? Weren't they great? And they're, yeah, I'd much rather watch a woman dancing in a feathered headdress and doing a yo do 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 than have a fucking stockbroker land on my head in the middle of the fucking street because everything's gone to goddamn hell. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is I'm 52. My fucking nose is fixed and I got a hole in my fucking finger. I got, I got a hole in my finger. Like everybody in the depression had a hole in their fucking shoe. That's it. I'm just going to, that's it. I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't understand why young people have to get abused. I don't understand why old people even fucking care. I, I don't understand anything. And I think, I think that's pretty much the message I bring to you today. I don't understand anything. You guys can get me in my goddamn. There was a whole bunch of shit I was going to talk about. And I didn't. Uh, well, we'll save it. I can't wait to tell you about it later. Oh, there's a there's a teaser for you. Uh, come back next week. <laughs> there's going to be a show. It's going to be grand. Uh, all right, guys, uh, you guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt comedy dot com. You guys can. Hey, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this right fucking now before we end. Uh, that that was just because in my head, I'm, I find myself now at odds with myself because I do like two and a half hour shows. I'm like, nobody wants a fucking two and a half hour show out of me. Uh, but then people write me, they're like, ah, I'm so happy you did a two and a half hour show. But then I'm like, ah, you know, let's try to keep it neat. Let's you know, so this week I actually, in my brain, I was like, let's keep it neat. Let's try to keep it, you know, um, cause some shows are an hour long. Now this was, I've done an hour now and this was just an hour of nonsense, like extemporaneous, whatever the fuck, which I like, but I don't know if I, and look after 12 years, why am I even questioning this is bullshit? You know, you, you, people like, you know, what people want to hear, they want to hear me talk. Why the fuck am I even asking myself questions? Is this the show anybody wants? Do people really want this? Is they shut the fuck up, man? Just talk. Shut up and talk. Mex says that shit to me all the time. And I go, you don't understand, man. It's fucking hard sometimes to talk. And he's like, I don't give a shit. Then he plays nine songs on a piano and paints eight pictures. And I'm like, God damn it. Why are you showing me up with your work ethic, motherfucker? Bob, but see, here's the thing. His work, he can do silent and alone. He can sing by himself. He can paint alone in his room. 
I got to talk to you fucking guys. So that's the thing. I got I got a, a bunch of people who approve my work. He, he can just submit his for approval. He's the Rod Serling of this goddamn show. Submitted for your approval. You guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt comedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. I'm at all of those fucking places, man. Look at me lurking, having a good time, having a good time, having a good time. I'm super there with my Twitter thumbs and I'm making jokes and follow me there now. Now follow me there now. Follow me there now. Uh, <laughs> a lady got dive up. All right. So you can also find me at Instagram and Snapchat. Did you know that I'm there? I know that I'm there now. I know that I'm there now. So dumb. I'm at Instagram and Snapchat at Mike four zero Y O B Mike four zero Y O B. Find me there. Um, uh, Brian Dirks does all the stuff for this uh, show. A lot of cool ass uh, web stuff. You can find him uh, doing web stuff uh, and find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Send him a note. Tell him he's great. Tell him I owe him an email. Uh, and our friend of David Hernandez, who I've already referenced a couple of times, our good friend Max, who uh, who had a terrible crash at his home and, and lost a lot of stuff. But he's finally rebuilt his uh, his studio. And you'll hear the fruits of his rebuild in seconds. But I'm here to tell you, you can go to find him at facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez and find him and put him on uh, on your friend list. And he'll be on his list. And, uh, you know, put his kiss on your list. You should do that because Max's kiss, his kiss is on my list. Oh, Max's kiss, Max's kiss is on my list. Be Max's kiss is on my list of the best things in life. All right. Uh, Hall Oates and Schmidt. Check us out this summer on the road with Squeeze. Uh, But unfortunately, there's no Glenn Tilbrook and there's no... uh, um, Dilford and Tilbrook, Tilbrook and Dilford. I don't know. Tilford and Dilbrook. I don't fucking know who's there. Uh, <laughs> it's no, it's real. It's actually squeeze. I'm just kidding. Um, so, all right. So go find Max facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez and go look through all of his artwork that he's got. He's got a bunch of cool ass pictures and stuff of his family and friends. Uh, but he also does artwork. He's done plenty of artwork for my page, which is fantastic. You can check that out on my page, or you can look through his artwork because he's tagged in all of it. That's probably your best bet. He does all the artwork for the Westside 86 Jokers page, changes that every week. Uh, Whether it needs it or not, he gets in there and he changes it, and I appreciate that very much. And then uh, he, he has his own page called This Is Dumb, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb. And that's a closed group, like a closed group. And he, uh, you can, but you can be a part of that closed group by sending him a note requesting, and then he'll send you some questions. You answer those, you get in there and all of a sudden you're in there with fucking, uh, slumpus gravy head or whatever the fuck he's there lurking. And then, uh, of course, uh, fucking Nancy Shammy, Shammy, Nancy, hot tits, Nancy, Tina, whatever the fuck she's there. Uh, as I've said, there's a weeble that looks like Christopher Hitchens. There's all sorts of amazing people there. There's a woodchuck that bites people. He's there lurking. Uh, he's got, uh, he's got bad teeth. They're all there. Everybody's there and they're answering and they're, 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 uh, and then now Max has been putting up pictures of himself praying. You want to see those too, because he, he, he takes a devastating selfie of himself and he shares it with everybody. So please check all of these things out at the, this is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb page. Uh, 
Cool stuff for you from a cool guy named David. Why wouldn't you check it out? I think you should. Uh, but first, you got to be his friend. Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Be his friend there. And uh, and again, also, he's selling his artwork. If you didn't know this, you can peruse all the artwork via Facebook. See the uh, see the caricatures that he's done. See amazing artwork he's done in the past for people, for listeners of the show. He can do your Facebook image. He can do all of these cool ass things. He's for hire, man. Find the fucking guy. He's not just a fucking cult leader. He's profiting off of it as well. So, in other words, he's a cult leader. Why not? Why wouldn't you make? Why wouldn't you spin people's devotion into cash? I know I've been trying to do it for fucking years, and it's actually succeeding to a certain extent. Um, and now he's doing the same thing. He's fucking. He's he's getting as much money as he possibly can for good works that he does. And you want to be the person that hires him? Go ahead. To, like I said, be his friend at Facebook.com/slash David Max Hernandez. And while you're there, you can ask to join his group. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. Uh, and also you can visit his website. Did you know he has a website? Cause he does a lot of artwork on Facebook and stuff, but he also did a ton of corporate stuff in the past. He's done so many different things and he has so many different locations there on the web. But one of my favorite places for you to visit him just because I like the cadence of the way it gets us into the break is his website art by DMH.com. That is a R T B Y D M H.com. Dark, she was tan. She made me glad to be a man. She was young, she was smart. Just one glance, and she stole my heart. The kind of girl you wanna teach. She's a peach. Summertime, feeling fine, getting wild. All that's on my mind Here she come Dressed in red Get her done It's all in my head Her hot pants can't hide her cheeks She's a peach Love me 
This kind of girl's always out of reach. She's a peach. 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 Her hot pants can't hide her cheeks. She's a peach. We've got sponsors. Yes, we do. We've got sponsors. How about you? Do you have sponsors? What if you had sponsors? What if you had people who sponsored you to listen to this podcast? That'd be pretty cool. Although I'd be pissed off they're paying you to listen rather than paying me to do the fucking thing. Uh, the fucking thing. Ah, what am I, Nick Nolte in 48 hours? Here's your goddamn dinner, convict. The Zagnut Bar. You're done. End of story. Uh, I used to get nolte a lot when I had my crazy hair. Uh, but I no longer have crazy hair, so I don't get nultied so much. Although I, although some people would say I have crazy hair, you know, it's funny. I, I've been doing this undercut nonsense for a while. Uh, I always cut my, cut my hair. Um, you know, I keep the top and then I shave the sides and the back and I like the way it looks. And it's one of those things where like when my hair grows, <clears throat> I, I like the way it looks while it's growing. And I'm like, all right, you know, I look good. I look good. And then I go, ah, it's time for a haircut, you know, but I do like it. And then I shave my head and I'm like, fuck, why would you ever not do this? Cause I just look clean and sharp. I fucking like it. And by like, I mean love. And by love it, I mean I love me. Uh, but inevitably, I will post a, a photo of my hair when I get a haircut or whatever. Uh, you know, because you'll be feeling yourself a little bit. I did a before and after. I put up a haircut photo. And I'll get an email or something from somebody who makes fun of my hair. And I, I uh, again... I'm 52 years old. What 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 did you what do you think you're gonna do? Are you, you think you're gonna you're gonna bring me low? You think that's what you're gonna do? You think you're gonna kneecap me and have me go? Oh, holy fuck! I I I can't believe Greg thinks my hair is stupid. <laughs> I mean, certainly I'll have a moment where I go. I I don't understand why Greg thinks my hair is stupid, and also sent me a note telling me my hair was stupid. Although I and look. Usually all of you are lovely. Uh, I, I, lovely, by the way, is in my new lexicon. That's my new word. There's a reason, but I, I won't go into it. Um, but it it uh, it makes me laugh that somebody would type it out and send it. And I, I understand it's under all under the uh, umbrella of "Hey, we're all having fun here, Mike. We like you. you uh, yes, we do. You, we got sponsors. How about you?" Where everybody's like, "We're we're like you, Mike. We're your friend, and we're we're your pal, and we can bust your balls. Ha ha! Let's ball bust." And I'm like, "Yay!" And then I open up an email. And I was like, ha ha, your hair, dumb. Ah, ha. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, it's like a bird's nest. Oh, yeah. Thanks for that. I appreciate you. You know, and it's always someone who's like, I've, I've been listening for 11 years. Nice hair. Ha ha, stupid. And you're like, all right. Uh, and again, it's because we're all in this together. Certainly, I understand that. And everybody's uh, making an effort to do the best they can to fit in and be everybody's pal. And that's fine. But it, but it, it never ceases to surprise me. That uh, especially because I've had this haircut for a while, man. So then I do it and there's always someone who comes in and is like, oh, man, was your barber asleep? (laughs) No, I I actually shared a photo of this, which means that I think it looks good and I like my hair like this. So I don't know what you think you're doing if you're wounding me or you're, you know, that's just as I've mentioned before, you know, you're doing a parade and uh, everybody's like clapping and going crazy. And then somebody throws a brick and it hits you in the fucking head. All you're going to talk about is that fucking brick. Yeah, a thousand people could have clapped and cheered and told you you're the fucking greatest thing in the world. And then one brick hits you in the head. and You're going to talk about that brick for the next fucking 10 parades. Fuck. 
I don't know if I want to do a parade, man. I'm going to get hit with a fucking brick. And everybody's like, no, no, man. There's a thousand people out there waiting there to cheer for you. And I'm like, yeah, but there's one guy hiding behind a fire hydrant with a brick. And they're going to go, that's a small guy. And we go, exactly. How does he even lift that brick? He's so small. He hides behind a fire hydrant. How can you fucking tote a brick? You brick toter. Quit toting a brick at my parade, brick toter. So we have sponsors. People actually sponsor this. People sponsor my haircut. How about that? Our good friend, Paranoid Strain host, Fearful Jesuit has reached out. Because a new show is available. Now, is it available? I don't know. I know I've gotten an advanced copy of the goddamn thing. Here's a note he wrote me. He's like, hey, uh, you think you could listen before uh, this week's show? And uh, this was, uh, I don't know, Friday maybe he sent it. I think it was. And I downloaded it. And, and I, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, uh, I've, been, I've had people in town. I've also been driving a lot. And by driving a lot, I mean like all night. And again, fucking up my sleep schedule a little bit, which is kind of funky. Um, but I'm doing the best I can. We're fighting through and, uh, you know, my life is, is uh, it's working out. It's eating the right food. It's trying to sleep as much as I can and driving. That's what I've done. That's why this week's show is just kind of a, we just jumped into the fucking centrifuge and see what the fuck came out. But I was able to listen to uh, a chunk. I like the here's because I will tell you this, man. I got to listen to the Paranoid Strain in chunks. If you don't know what it is, Paranoid Strain is a podcast. It's available right now in the iTunes store. You can download the goddamn thing. Go subscribe. Don't even download one episode. Subscribe to the whole fucking thing and listen. I think this is episode 18, if I remember correctly. Uh, but they're all, you know, he does, he's done 18 episodes. He may as well have done 80 because of the amount of unbelievable information packed into every single episode, interviews and book references and Dana Unicorn and fucking amazing stuff. His last show, as I mentioned, was almost three and a half hours long. And uh, and I, I, I it was above my pay grade. I won't lie. It was smarter than me. So I, I do listen and I try to absorb what I can and do the best that I can. But it's it's. It, I will tell you this, it teaches me, it forces me to Google, it forces me to look things up, and then I learn, and I learn things that I did not know, which makes me happy. I enjoy that sort of show. Something that is is a learning experience I'm on board with, um, which seems weird, right? But I mean, I've just started to read more books, I'm starting to open myself up a little bit, because I've been just consuming garbage for so fucking long. But listening to The Paradigm Strain every month is just, it's just like getting a fucking vitamin B shot directly in your fucking cerebral cortex. It's all fucking information and brilliance and smartness and funniness. Uh, and, and interestingness, and it's a lot of Ness, Elliot Ness, I think he's involved, uh, but check it out. This week's uh, episode, this new one, he mentions that the show comes out every two months. It's, it's, not a, you know, it's not a hard schedule, but I mean, a hard and fast schedule, I should say. But this new show, because if, if you remember last month's episode was about reality and whether reality was real, which was fucking, I mean, that just, that just knocked my dick in the dirt. Well, this new one is kind of a continuation of that theme, in that they're looking at the life of an author, a science fiction author, who is uh, known as, quite frankly, is one of the most uh, important and influential science fiction authors because he deals with it on a human level. I think they, I don't think Jesuit says it that way, but that's how I would describe it because the way he mentions it, like Philip K. Dick writes science fiction that doesn't lovingly gloss over the fact that a transponder has been built and then talk about the the way it was built and how it works and, and time travel, all that shit. Literally, he said that Philip K. Dick, and I, I, I enjoyed this approach. He said, if, if people in his books need to go to another planet, Philip K. Dick m- mentions a machine that they step in and then they're on the other planet. He doesn't go on and on for a fucking chapter and a half waxing rhapsodic about the fact that they've got some fucking transmogrifier or whatever the fuck. He goes, they just name it some dumb name and then they carry on because he's more concerned about the science fiction of, of the human condition. And, uh, and, and so I've... I got through a chunk of the show. I haven't listened, but I mean, I'm finding it fascinating because, and again, I know Philip K. Dick from, uh, from he's the Blade Runner guy, things like that, whatever the fuck he's, they've adapted many of his works, do electric, uh, do robots, electric androids, dream of electric sheep or whatever the fuck. 
um, which I think is Blade Runner. Isn't that Blade Runner? I don't know. <laughs> I can't. Didn't he make Total Recall? Look, I, I can't tell you. All I know is this show starts with two separate movie parodies in like five minutes. And the first one I don't get. Uh, I have to admit, I did not understand it, but it's it's done. It's extremely well done from Jesuit's point of view. And also, dudes, he does. You know, I'm talking. I get that. I'm doing a fucking show where I'm talking and you're enjoying it. And everybody's happy. But he does these fucking shows where it's like uh, like there's 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 a thunderstorm. He, he does a Matrix parody. OK, and he does a whole Morpheus deal. And then there's this. But there's a thunderstorm the whole time in the background. And it just sounds like a fucking thunderstorm. And that that's, that's the kind of thing that throws me off. Like, again, I'm talking here. And sometimes you hear my neighbor sneeze. You know what I mean? I just got that kind of fucking show. This dude builds a storm out of nothing. And I'm sure he found a storm effect. And he's going to go, oh, it really was nothing. I don't give a fuck. Brag, okay? Pretend you made it up. Pretend you actually waited for a storm and you went out and recorded in it. That's I'm trying to fucking hype you up here, Jesuit. Um, but he, he he does a whole, like, if you want to learn about the blue pill and the pink pill, which, by the way, he's, he does the whole Morpheus thing and then he doesn't go blue red. He goes blue pink. And then in my head, I'm like, wait a minute, blue pink. And I'm wondering if that is a commentary on the fact that all the pickup artist guys go blue pill, red pill and all that kind of bullshit. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to learn about pickup artistry from fucking fearful Jesuit. That's not good. But luckily, it doesn't go that route. Uh, You'll learn about redeeming the straw man. You'll hear several references. And again, I've only listened to a beginning chunk. Like I I could only get through uh, because of time, just time constraints, not even because of I I just didn't have time. But I fucking listened to, I think, Christ, last night to a, a huge chunk. Uh, not even huge. No, I've got, look, this show's three hours long. Another one. It's like three hours and 15 minutes long. And it's just, but I like to listen in segments because there's so much to learn. So it's so dense. Uh, and also you learn that reality is fundamentally slippery. That's mentioned in this episode a little bit. Uh, you learn about horse lover fat. You'll find out what that is. Um, you'll learn about a rogue cop who will stop at nothing to avenge his partner's death and bring Salazar's operation down permanently. Uh, <laughs> you'll get a new voice added to the mix. I'm not going to say who it is, but, uh, I think let's put it this way. I think I know who it was, but I think I'll probably know a lot more this summer. I think I'll learn more about this voice this summer. I don't know if you will. Uh, and look, I'm, I'm teasing it. When you hear it, you'll know exactly who it is because of what he says, but, uh, but I'll find out in July this summer, exactly who it is. Uh, I learned that, uh, Philip K. Dick, by the way, uh, he keeps calling him PKD, which makes me laugh. Uh, because he also calls him because he calls him P- Philip K. Dick. And he also says when Dick referenced and then Danny Unicorn jumps in and this it's it's worth the whole episode to hear Danny Unicorn jump in and say, OK, we get it. His name is Dick. And she just drips the word out of her mouth. And I'll tell you what, you know, when you when you can get Danny Unicorn dripping Dick out of her mouth, that's a show you got to fucking tune into, baby. Uh, Philip K. Dick is apparently referred to as a born magical thinker. Which, which is something that I thought was interesting. Apparently, he was involved in heavy amphetamine use. Uh, there was also poverty that influenced him and also the Valus incident. I will tell you this. I'm not up to what the Valus incident is. I'm excited to find out just like you are. So go ahead and listen. You'll find out what the Valus incident is. And, uh, and, and also, he, he had you hear from about his first wife. Uh, apparently Philip K. Dick had five wives and there were accusations of abuse on both ends. Like she said, they, he abused her and he said they abused him. And, uh, I've only listened to a chunk, but it, it, this Philip K. Dick, not only an interesting guy, but also seems like he might be, I'm, and look, I'm, I might be going on a limb here. Seems like he might be a bit of a paranoid. I don't want to, I don't want to cast dispersions on this fella. I don't know if it was the drug use, the poverty, the five wives, the beatings, perhaps the beatings will continue if you are not paranoid, but who knows? This is a guy who is a, uh, he's a different kind of cat. And this is three hours trying to explain him and getting to the bottom of him. And I think it's great. And also, let me ask you this. Have you, here's why you want to listen to this show. And this is when I knew this show was above my pay grade. 
Anytime I'm listening to a show and I hear the sentence, take, for example, Stanislaw Lem. Uh, I realize that I've got a lot of Googling ahead of me, so I have to find out who that person is. Uh, so please download the Paranoid Strain. Subscribe. Don't even just download it. Subscribe so you can get all the uh, the, the episodes and listen to those. Uh, these last two, like I said, delving into some serious fucking is reality real type of stuff. Philip K. Dick, a genius, and we're getting to the bottom of him. All of this available now. Uh, also, write Fearful Jesuit a note. Paranoid strain at gmail.com paranoid strain at gmail.com write him a note and tell him hey man uh, I love the show we heard about it through Mike always mention me leave a review in the iTunes store if you would please go ahead and saying hey this is a show and uh, Mike Schmidt told us to listen and it's great and then people will go who's Mike Schmidt and then they'll find me and maybe they'll listen to my show and go wait a minute the same person listens to both of these fucking shows that makes no sense uh, but go ahead why not it couldn't hurt. So uh, tell people about that. That would be good. I'd appreciate it very much. And tell Jesuit you listen to the show. The Paranoid Strain podcast available now in the iTunes store and wherever all of your finer podcasts are sold. Please get Fearful Jesuits, The Paranoid Strain. And uh, I look forward to listening to more this uh, this week to hear more about Philip K. Dick and get to the, and hear more about the other four wives. And uh, and let's listen together, shall we? Then we can have a discussion group. Maybe we do that. Maybe we get together. Let's call. Remember that? Uh, hey, Mike, call me at gmail.com. Maybe I call you. We talk about Philip K. Dick for an hour. That'll be fun. Although I'm stepping on uh, Jesuit's toes at that point. Nobody likes that. <clears throat> uh, we have another sponsor. Our good friend Rob Matsushita has the Knife Drop podcast. Episode 11 is out now. It just came out. And by just came out, I mean a week ago it came out. Uh, on this episode, they discussed the 1990 Dana Carvey vehicle, Opportunity Knox. Well, and I know you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute. That's more than enough for one episode. But no, there's more. God damn it. You don't just fill 54 minutes talking about Opportunity Knox, although you could, certainly. Uh, but they also get into some horror movies, as you know, and they talk about One Cut of the Dead, which my friend Rob says one of, was one of the best horror movies of last year. Uh, and then they talk about a, a, a show called When the Bow Breaks, which I think is about a killer babysitter or maybe a baby who falls out of a crib and is a monster. I don't know. I, I, uh, he terms it a domestic thriller. I term it a must-listen. Uh, well, no, I, he terms that movie a must uh, a domestic thriller. I term, I determine the episode a must listen. The Knife Drop, episode 11, available at Anchor and Stitcher and Podbay and all sorts of other places. Uh, hosted by our friend Rob Matsushita. Brought to you by Mill Creek Entertainment, of course, and movie free streaming service. Uh, it gives you Terror Tuesday. It talks about Big Slim McGroovy. It's all over the goddamn place. The Knife Drop, episode 11 available now. Get all 11, listen to all of them. Uh, and if you've ever wanted to know about Opportunity Knox, episode 11 is the one to do, listen to. And I know you're oftentimes you were home and going, fuck, I really want to know a lot about the 1990 Dana Carvey vehicle opportunity knocks. But uh, but at the same time, I wish I could educate myself about the domestic thriller when the ball breaks. Well, I'll tell you what, this is your one stop shop for all that. This is your one stop shop knife drop. This is your one stop knife drop shop. Episode 11 covers it all for you, baby. And then also throws in some bonus one cut of the dead. Listen to my buddy Rob's podcast, Pod Bay, Stitcher, Anchor, The Knife Drop, available now. Who wants to hire me for cameo? Everybody, of course. Why wouldn't you hire me now to give you a call? Uh, I couldn't do any worse than Vince Neal, who's on my Facebook page, courtesy of Pat. My friend Pat Francis is like, hey, man, check this out. And it's Vince Neal being drunk for $400, telling a guy happy 40th birthday. And I guarantee I won't be drunk unless you ask me to. If you hire me for a cameo, you go, Mike, get fucking loaded and fuck this script up. I'm happy to do it. If you tell me to do some weed, we got that. That's free here. Tell me to drop acid. Whatever you want, man. Tell me, tell me to fucking ruin your whole thing for money. I'm happy to do it. Hire me through Cameo. Like I said, I'm not Vince Neal, but I'm out there and I'm not $400. I'm a bunch cheaper. I'm uh, what am I? I'm, I'm 
one twentieth the price of Vince Neal. Is that true? I'm one thirtieth the price of Vince Neal. Yeah, just about. Now I'm about one twenty sixth the price of Vince Neal. Regardless, hire me. I'm there on Cameo. Do it immediately. You want to drive for Uber or Lyft? Of course you do. Use my code. Lyft is Mike seven two double oh five seven. Uber is DJZW1YTTUE. That's DJZW1YTTUE. I'm back in the car and I've had some adventures. I'll tell you about those next week. Because again, as I've mentioned, we're trying a new format this week where I just talk, <laughs> but I talk shorter. So it's got not really a new format. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, go to the merchandise page, which we know is the Joe Business page, and use the Amazon link, please. Because uh, I will tell you what, the Amazon link is uh, its kind of the lifeblood of the show, along with the Patreon, which I'm going to tell you about in a second. But the Amazon and the Patreon combined, that's, uh, that's cool. I mean, that, that works out really good sometimes. But if you don't use the Amazon link, whoa, Nelly, uh, it's getting hot in here because the bill collectors want their dough. And I don't have it because you didn't use the Amazon link. But if you do use it, that'd be great. Go to the merchandise page at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. There's an Amazon link floating around. It costs you nothing, man. It costs you five seconds to find the link. Click on it, then you're shopping, and I get a taste of the gig. They get money, we get money, you get stuff. Works out perfectly for me, you, and Steve Lawrence. And a bunch of pork pie hat towel wearing motherfuckers. Do it today. The Amazon link exists. MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Use it. I need it. It's kind of desperate times. So let's get some desperate measures. What do you say, huh? Step up, baby. Uh, And then, of course, Patreon exists. If you want to sign up for Patreon, that'd be cool. I'd appreciate it very much. And you're like, well, why, Mike? What does that get us? Well, right now it just supports the show, but there are things to come in the future that I've mentioned and talked about, and I really want to bring those to you. So let's do that. Why wouldn't we? Oh, it's not like, and look, it's not like I'm waiting for you to support Patreon for me to do that. I won't lie. Uh, I need to, you know, I just need to be better. I need to do things. And 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 Patreon exists for you to help me do just that. So uh, Patreon and Amazon, lifeblood of this show, go ahead and help those out. The Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Uh, Honestly, it's not very popular. I won't won't lie to you. I've got a core group of people who come in and join me, but not many. Uh, But also, I'm not doing a whole lot to try to reach out past uh, the people I've already convinced. Um, If you want to watch me play video games, why wouldn't you? I'm on there. It's great. It's really fun. It's me playing. Right now, I'm playing The Witcher. I'm going to change it up, though, because I think people are going to be getting bored watching me kill bandits and pirates and uh, and spiders and monsters. But, uh, you know, we'll switch it up. But I got to get a schedule. I know. Look, it's on me. It's incumbent upon me to make you want to join Patreon, to make you want to watch Twitch. And I understand those things. There, That's coming. Oh, my God. I can't wait to force myself to do the things that need to be done to get you on board. Right? Yes. Let me say this to you. Take, for example, Stanislaw Lem. <laughs> uh all right, let's get out of here, man. Let's talk about this. I'll talk about Wes Anderson. Why not? See, this is a bad way. Usually I try to seamlessly get into the end, but now I'm just ending. What happened to me, man? Uh, you know, it's because my head was all fucked up for a week, but now I'm better. Listen to me. I'm so much better. This show was great. It was a great show. Like, let's all, let's all fucking circle jerk. This is a pretty good show. I, I talked, you listened. I like the way that works. Did you guys see the Wes Anderson film trailer for the French Dispatch or whatever the fuck? It's another one people are making fun of. I see people online, they're like, oh, look at this twee movie with bubble. It's like, dude, this is beautiful art. Stop making fun of beautiful art. Why why do why does everybody have to step up and fucking savage something? Jesus Christ, can't you like shit? And look, I know, I savage shit too. I'm just as guilty. But I I I'm good at it. Does that make sense? I don't fucking know. Like I told you, this is the this is the the argument of our age. How can I scold people for doing the thing that I do? Well, I don't know, because I've I've made it a career, I suppose. I don't fucking what do I know? And it's so funny to see guys like Neil Brennan, the guy who co-wrote Chappelle. Uh, great stand-up comedian, great writer, and he comes out and he, he comes after Parasite on his Twitter, 
And I, I didn't get it. I mean, I understand, but he was kind of just asking questions, but then everybody comes after him and to fight him. And, and then they're all like, yeah, you're rich. You don't get it. It's class war. And I'm just like, dude, I, you can't discuss anything anymore. Cause everybody's like, all right, uh, dummy. All right, whatever retard. And you're just like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Can't we have a conversation? Can't we all love the French dispatch? Can't you watch Francis McDormand and Bill Murray and, uh, and that, that fucking gossamer cloud made of angels wings who would, who fucked a peach in that other movie. He's in this too, right? Chalamet, Timothée Chalamet. That's not a real dude, right? I didn't, uh, he's, it's Mickey free. Mickey free's from Timothy Chalamet, right? Mickey free from Shalimar. <laughs> Mickey free looked like a girl. Uh, but Timothy Chalamet, he's just, he's just a, he's just a fucking, he's a hummingbird's breath, right? When you see that fucking guy, He's just Irish lace. He's a, he's a human cobweb and he's, but he's just gorgeous. He's so beautiful. You can't some, some, you can't deny beauty and he's a beautiful man. He's in the trailer and he looks like, a. he looks like he's made of milk. You know, those kind of people you're just like, holy fuck. What is that? You know, cause look, I have rugged good looks. <laughs> I mean, I look like a, a normal person. I think I look like a man. I mean, I look like a normal person, but I mean, I'm, I'm semi appealing i don't i don't know what uh, fuck no i think I, I think i'm a decent looking guy i i because you can be ugly certainly there are ugly people out there and i i can be ugly myself i get super fat i look ugly i just got a tiny face swimming in a fucking pool of fat but guys like timothy chalamet that dude is just he's just a sigh in chinos you're just like oh man i can't like if like if you bumped into him he'd turn into a thousand butterflies you know those kind of people and he's in the he's in the movie and i mean the rest of the movie steven yang's in it all these stars look great but the second the camera hits him you're just like you you picture in the trailer like even when you're filming him they're like there's bill murray do 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 there's francis storman da 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 and don't remember edward norton's in it too do 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 and all of a sudden the camera hits chalamet and i i picture every camera that ever filmed chalamet is happy because now a piece of him is inside them forever and they're just the film stock is happy to have him impressed upon them. Philip Chalamet, that guy, he's or Timothy Chalamet, he's just. I, I picture a you know what? He's the only being in the world that can make a camera sigh. That's what I feel about Timothy Chalamet. Just the camera, just is you're you know you're taking photos, you're filming, and all of a sudden Chalamet walks in, and they have to cut every time because the camera just makes an audible. <sighs> <sighs> the camera's so happy to see him as he walks into the fucking room because he just floats in on on a dream. He's just that dude. He's just he's remember the fucking dream sequence in the Big Lebowski where it's like they're bowling in heaven or whatever the fuck. That's Chalamet. He's bowling.
Jolly Dope Podcast. Podcast.